welcome to Telling the Tale, the podcast about every single Telltale Games video game. We are today going to tackle Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures Episode 3, Muzzled, with an exclamation point. That's part of the title that's important to emphasize. Here with us today, as per usual, is the co-host of this wonderful podcast and a wonderful guy to boot, Dustin Jackson. Hello, Dustin. Hello, Mitch. I'm here. My haunches are sturdy and my <laughs> bearing is bold. I, uh, I the, the moment I heard that line in the episode, I knew, okay, Dustin's going to bring some sturdy haunches into, <laughs> into the recording booth, and I just have to be cool with it. I have to accept uh, it. I brought my sturdiest haunches. I just had to live up to uh, uh, Duncan McBiscuit. Duncan Mc... Oh, I forget that's his full name. I don't think they said the whole name in this episode. I really had to refresh myself on these characters. It's been a little while. Yeah, speaking of, before we get into the episode, we should probably just uh, do a little housekeeping and, uh, and and talk about why it's been a little while. So, first off, I had COVID. Whoops. Yeah, oops. Didn't try. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it's around and... The numbers right now are actually higher than the Delta variant spike. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, it's like back. It's it's really there. Oh, um, boy. I had COVID back in January of 2020, before the pandemic. Because I had a roommate who brought it to me um, f- directly from China. Uh, wow. When it was still sort of localized there. Um yeah, so I was an early adopter, and then I got every single vaccine, and I wear masks, and I got COVID. <laughs> In that order. You're... Good job. A second time I got COVID. I didn't want to again, but uh, yeah, so th- when we were supposed to record this originally, I had been, uh, well, I did something dumb, and I was talking on the phone with a friend all night, even though I knew knew I was sick, Um, but I was just excited to catch up with them, I guess, and uh, yeah, I I got ready for, you know, trying to play through a Wallace and Gromit and get ready for a podcast. Terrible choice. I did not have a voice. I couldn't talk. My, My throat was so in pain. Um, Yikes, I'm sorry, Mitch. Yeah. Uh, well, it turned out the next week after that, I was still recovering a little bit, but then you were sick. I was. I was. I did not have COVID. I tested myself multiple times, and they were all negative, but I did go to a concert with my dad. We saw Tenacious D, and I still... Uh, I don't know if it was from that, or uh, my nephew had a cold, and I was helping my mom babysit my uh, niece and nephew, and he probably gave that cold to me because, boy, was he coughing and sneezing right onto me. How do you know that it wasn't COVID? Uh, we tested him. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. But not yeah, yourself. Yeah, believe me. It, we tested, like, all of us. Okay. Uh, but that was before I was even sick. And then I tested myself again uh, after I was sick. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it was just a bad cold. All right. Fair enough. Um, and just to, just goes to show it's not done. It's still very much a pandemic, and uh, yeah. you know, stay safe to the best of your abilities. Also, happened within the two weeks that we weren't recording a podcast. Uh, actually, three though, right? Because we missed two weekends of it. So three weeks yeah. that we weren't recording a podcast. 
the not E3 happened. Ooh, I'm. We got plenty of exciting announcements, didn't we, Mitch? No. So <laughs> that's right, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was actually the opposite of what you just said, Dustin. We actually didn't <laughs> get much. Um, if you were a big fan of. Uh, the big ones that were sort of poised to show up and we knew they would show up like Final Fantasy 16 and Starfield and Street Fighter 6 I suppose then you are great you, you did you did well right hey, yeah uh, good job it seems like that was sort of it though and the industry is still either adjusting from COVID or just sort of in a natural lull. It is around the five-year mark after 2017, and they always say, like, uh, the the late 90s, like 97, 98, and then 2007, and then 2017 uh, were high points in, in just quality video games coming out and coming out fast. So now that we're five points, or five years into the 10-year into the cycle... Maybe we should have expected it to be a bit of a nadir. Yeah, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. It happens sometimes. I was disappointed we didn't uh, see anything about the new uh, Return to Monkey Island, though. Yeah, so the the weird part about it for me is that, weirdly, even though Telltale Games has been shut down for four years, um, Telltale Games is getting ready to release a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, so The Wolf Among Us Part 2 could have been there, was not. Uh, the Expanse, the other Telltale game based on the sci-fi uh, franchise, is was not there. Uh, would have loved to see that. Return to Monkey Island was not there. And Devolver Digital had a press conference. So I was fully expecting to see uh, Monkey Island at Devolver. Same. I watched through that whole thing. And there was not a hint of a monkey. Yeah, and uh, it, that that feeling seems to have sort of resonated within a few different fan bases that were part of, um, obviously, the Nintendo crowd. As of recording, there has been no announcement of a Nintendo Direct, and it's maybe looking like there will not be one. Yeah. I've always got hope, but, uh, you know, I don't expect one. Yeah. Um... There, there wasn't a big blowout on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, even though we knew it's coming later this year. There wasn't much of a... There was no information on the sequel to Breath of the Wild, which we know is early next year. There was... Uh, there were some rumors about a bunch of stuff coming out of Rare that we were excited for. Uh, most notably, both a return to the Banjo-Kazooie IP in some form and... Uh, a remake of GoldenEye 007 for modern consoles. Both yeah, of them did not you, show up. So. You, you know, every year these Banjo-Kazooie rumors pop up, and at this point it's just, it's better to just not expect it, although I'll always have the hope every year. Yeah, I will say a Banjo-Kazooie rumor needs to be taken with the saltiest grain of salt, because it yeah. seems... It, more and more, it seems impossible. I don't know. Just <laughs> There's no reason it should be, but it seems that way. Um, but I think the, the weirder part of that, like, that part's not weird. The weirder part of that is it was just like, oh, everything we heard about everything isn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just, Sorry. just everything in, com- in complete totality. Yeah, I would have at least expected Goldeneye to 100% be there. I would have put money down on it. I had just recorded a podcast with our friend uh, Heil Russell mm-hmm. uh, for DK Vine uh, like a f- couple nights before. I was telling him, oh yeah, Goldeneye, it'll be there, baby. And it was not. Yeah, uh, there's some scuttlebutt going around that the reason it did not show up was maybe not because it doesn't exist or even isn't ready, but is more a response to the fact that Russia is currently invading real-life country Ukraine and a video game that sort of makes light of the Cold War era kill Russians for fun aesthetic is not a tasteful thing in the moment, which is understandable. Um, Definitely. Isn't that exactly why they uh, delayed uh, the Advance Wars remakes as well? It seems that way. Um, I, I, or did they put out a, a statement on that? That might be true. I, I, I don't know if they ever confirmed it. I think I've just seen people saying that that's uh, the reason. Yeah. We've been at war with Af- uh, in Afghanistan for 22 years. I'm not really positive why like this one seems different. Um you know, there, Russia has yeah. been invading smaller countries that are not in Europe for quite some time, and that has not really delayed a project. I'm not entirely sure why this is special. Not to say that it isn't. It's just all the other times are too, and it it, it just seems like a weird thing to do. That said, I I totally understand and am sympathetic yeah. to uh, anyone who would be negatively affected right now by Definitely. a 1990s era depiction of Cold War James Bond politics, which are to say some of the worst politics you can yeah. have. <laughs> um, so yeah, makes sense. But also for our podcast, <laughs> the expanse wasn't there, so you know, big picture. Yeah, you know, we we really got to think about the important stuff. So, Dustin, Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures Episode 3, Muzzled, was released on June 15th. It's June now. Uh, June wow. 15th, 2009. So, just over 13 years ago. It was uh, written, directed, and designed by Sean Vanneman, who we know as, as one of the star forces behind The Walking Dead. And it's an episode about Monty Muzzle. That's true. If you could say one thing about it, it really is that. Mm-hmm. Mitch, how did you feel about this episode? You told me that you have some thoughts. I think this is the best one. I agree. Yeah, this uh, of the Wallace and Gromit episodes, this really is the best one. It's the whole of what you might want out of this series sort of encapsulated into a little thing. And I'm not saying it's one of the best episodes that we've ever seen. Um, it's it's not mind-bending. It's not eye-opening. Uh, but it takes the formula of a point-and-click adventure game and just really condenses it into something that uh, doesn't leave anything critical out and doesn't feel flat. It feels... Just like a, a very charming return to form, re- return to like the LucasArts early 90s form for Telltale. Uh, and I like that about it. Yeah. Um, I, I was very interested going uh, into this recording how you would feel. 
because we, you know, we've discussed how neither of us particularly feel like Gromit makes for the best uh, point-and-click adventure game star. Mm-hmm. And here he is kind of at the forefront. You play as him way more than Wallace in this episode. Yeah, there's like five chapters of this episode and four of them you play as uh, Gromit. It's a very Gromit-heavy yeah. episode because this episode is ultimately about dog. <laughs> About dog, yeah, a single one, but mm-hmm. also others. Also others. Last episode, too, was about dog. Yeah. But I was thinking about that when trying to think of my, uh, you know, little funny thing I say at the beginning of each episode, my little quips. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to do another dog joke, but then I realized, did I do that last time? Or oh, there's not? no way to I know. Just... That footage is lost a time. But Yeah, I decided <laughs> to go with the haunches. So... Here, I, I'm going to try to do a little bit of that uh, stuff we did for Walking Dead of trying to su- summarize an episode very quickly. Oh, yeah, you did that last time. I did that last time, even. Pretty well, <laughs> too, and I, I, I have confidence that you can do it again. Okay, um, wish me luck. We'll see. Wish me it. You're welcome. Oh, I mean, no. luck, luck. <laughs> Thank Here you. you. Go. Damn. <laughs> All right, and... Now, okay, so Wallace is trying to invent an ice cream machine that can make ice cream any flavor. You just put in a thing and it scans the flavor of that thing and then just makes that into ice cream. The coolest invention he's ever tried so far in the game. Uh, Then, who comes knocking at the door? It's Monty Muzzle, a charlatan, who we can tell is not for real pretty fast, who says he's raising funds to create a new dog shelter because there's these stray dogs that have been let loose over town. Uh, So he swoops in, tries to to do a fair to raise funds, and then you find out that the dogs, he, like, has forced them into labor running the the fair rides and stuff. So Gromit's like, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm, we gotta fix that. So eventually you expose Monty Muzzle to the town to be the charlatan that he is, and then you chase after him in his hot air balloon by applying jets to your ice cream machine. And you, I think, <laughs> just knock him straight out of the sky. That's one minute. Wow, good job. There's a lot of smaller things that also happen. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there always? There's always smaller things we got to deal with. Yeah, um, but that's that's the high level of the episode. And I think that how well you can sort of characterize Monty Muzzle in, in like an elevator pitch worth of time is what makes him a very strong villain for, you know, for like a one episode of a thing. Yeah, and especially for a series like Wallace and Gromit where the stakes are normally not that high, uh, this is kind of like the first real big threat we've seen in this series so far. Um and I like him. Yeah, I like not liking him. He's a he's, yeah. he's a really fun villain. Like if he appeared in Sam and Max, I think he would be boring. Um, yeah, but in something like Wallace and Gromit, he brings just the right level of a dastardliness. Yeah, because his whole plan is I'm going to make it look like I'm raising funds to build something. Then <laughs> I don't build it and keep the money. And leave. And leave. And that's it. <laughs> and, and Someone stop that madman. And the abuse that he was doing to dogs was just like, oh, there are dogs? I'll figure something out for them, I guess. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, he didn't set out to kidnap these dogs. Wallace is like, Not the here, plan. you have yeah. these dogs. Uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a, uh, like a, not a roller coaster ride. What, what would you call this ride? Like a Dumbo in Disneyland is sort of like yeah, this? Yeah, it's like the spinning Dumbo rides. Uh, you know, it's like a little carrier that spins you around uh, very slowly. Yeah, it just goes in a circle. And uh, <laughs> the the citizens of whatever town this is, I don't think they've named it, uh, cannot get over how cool this ride is. This it's called the Muzzler. It's like you go around in a little plane around Monty Muzzle's giant head, like a, like an inflatable of his head. And Major Crumb is like, this brings me back to my Air Force days. Uh, the the policeman is on it for like an hour. He's he's astounded by it. <laughs> he never wants to leave. He's really getting a kick out of it. And the way that these townspeople like this ride so much, I think, speaks volumes to telltale's ability to create characters because i don't think any of these characters were from curse of the were-rabbit or anything right i don't think any of the characters in these aside from wallace and gromit themselves are from anything i think they are created for the games is i could believe felicity might have appeared in were-rabbit or something yeah Um, it's been a it's been a long time yeah maybe we should watch were-rabbit uh that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I kind of want to. I, I remember it being good, but not as good as Chicken Run. So <laughs> We had this exact conversation. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have some repeat conversations about Wallace and Gromit. Uh, <laughs> like we said before, the source material is thin. Uh, there's not yeah. that much stuff. You can watch all of the shorts and the whole movie in the time that it takes to play one of these episodes. <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> uh but yeah i i think it speaks to telltale's ability to make the townspeople feel so wallace and gromedy they're like astounded and joyous at the <laughs> ability to just like oh it's a proper ride it's like a ride wow yeah in in terms of wallace and gromit this is a thrill ride basically it is, and then also it isn't, because, like, constantly, Wallace is just building giant machines that do way gnarlier things, uh, and they're I supposed really, to I really make like... cheese or something, and then they end up <laughs> catapulting someone through space. Yeah, I actually really like how uh, their ice cream machine, their ice cream truck, uh, turns into, like, a uh, a flying jet at the end. In addition to uh, having COVID and watching the E3 shenanigans that were going on, I was also playing a lot of Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts uh, for reasons that are not important. Uh, but one thing that struck me when uh, when they set up the ice cream machine to have the jets, they only had the jets just on the back half of it. And coming out of Nuts and Bolts, I was like, that's not going to fly. That, that won't work. <laughs> it'll just spin and then it'll crash because it can't <laughs> it can't balance. Sorry, out. Wallace. I can't let this one slide. I'm I'm gonna have to call you out on this. Yeah, CinemaSins number fifty one. That <laughs> ice cream truck couldn't fly, even with very powerful jets. It, they're all located in the back. What were they thinking? <laughs> it's that <laughs> I haven't watched CinemaSins in a while. Is that what they say? Do they say, what were they thinking? 
<laughs> no, that's more of an angry video game nerd slash any YouTube reviewer thing. Yeah, good. Um, you know what? Something else I really liked about this episode. Hmm. I feel like the dogs in this episode finally begin to look like Ardman creations. Yeah. Okay. So the dogs in the last episode, uh, Twinkly Poo and Poopalwoots, uh, they don't <laughs> look a hundred percent right. They look more Sam and Maxie. They've got the yeah. right like texture and stuff. They look clay, but um, the the way the faces look. And yeah. we mentioned that about the bees in the first episode too. Mm-hmm. They just didn't really look feel like they worked right. But the dogs in this episode, they feel like how dogs would look in Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, because Gromit is a dog. So you've got yeah. one solid example, right? That I know <laughs> that you know about. Um, and then these other dogs don't look a whole lot like dogs. Uh, you know what they do look like, specifically? What? Uh, what? Chevron. Used to oh, run... the cars? Well, yeah. And then even sometimes those cars would have dogs. And they look exactly like oh, this dog. Oh, yeah. I would need to see if it's been a long time, but I I can believe that. Yeah, I don't know if they, because um, they had commercials where the, like in the 90s that were 3D graphics that blew me away as a child. <laughs> uh, wow. Just the commercials with like the Chevron cars and talking about how, hey, uh, you like the taste of gasoline? You're going to love it with Tecron. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. I will. I'll drink it. I, I will drink it. I'll, I'll drink, I'll all, drink the it all the gasoline you want. Yeah, you, you had a great 3D commercial in the 90s. That's what, <laughs> takes, that's what it takes to get me to drink gasoline. The gasoline industry was booming after those commercials. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't doubt that it worked. But <laughs> uh, those, those cars had like dogs that looked very much like these dogs. And I'm wondering now if those commercials were um, at all related to Ardman Studios. Were, did they work on those commercials? That would be an interesting I'm, thing to look into. I'm pretty sure they did. They did? I always... Oh, you think... Okay. Hang on. Uh, I guess I never looked into it, but yeah, anytime I saw them, I just assumed. Yeah, this is where... Yeah, looking them up. Yeah. Looking them up, yeah. Ardman Animations, Chevron. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, now I'm going to look up Chevron Dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> commercial. Chevron Dog Commercial. Wow. Anything? Uh, n- <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> I'm not seeing the old. Nah, not really. I'm not seeing the old commercials dog. I'm seeing like new dog from new commercials that are definitely not Ardman. And uh, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like this dog. Ew. Yeah. Gross dog. Get these dogs out of here. Monty Muzzle is basically saying that the whole episode. So I'm glad that you brought that up. <laughs> what a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Monty Muzzle also is a very like classic Ardman looking character. Uh, very reminiscent of the farmer from Chicken Run, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of vibe. Not specifically looks like it, but in that style. Right. You know what some a thought I had while playing this is it's interesting to me that this series has so many uh, recurring characters. Like, even in something like Sam and Max, you had a bunch, but it's not like 
you had like six or show that's six or so that show up in every episode. It was mainly like uh, Sybil and Bosco, and then you would have maybe like uh, Flint Paper show up, uh, Jimmy Two Teeth might show up, the cops, etc. But this episode, stinky. it's just this, yeah, stinky, of course. But in Wallace and Gromit, it's like the same core cast in every episode, and then they just bring in like one or two new characters. Yeah, and I, I think it works okay. I I would be more critical if it were something like Sam and Max, but for something like Wallace and Gromit, I think it uh, works fine. Yeah, so clearly it's easier, right? Because yeah. you don't need to make a new episode's worth of characters every episode. You can just keep all of the uh, like one and a half episodes worth of characters across four episodes. So you just you just make less, but. Um, yeah, they're good, and they get a lot of development. Mr. Paneer is... Oh, I always love Mr. Paneer. Um, <laughs> Felicity Flit, Duncan McBiscuit. Um, the... The Gabberleys. The Gabberleys are great. Constable Dibbins sucks, actually, a little bit. And I, <laughs> I don't need him as much. Um, Major Crumb. I think he, he does suck, but in a way that I like. I love that he was just... It, he was so over the moon about this ride. Yeah, and there's been aspects of the episode that have very strongly uh, informed the story of the next episode. Not anything serial like The Walking Dead or anything, but uh, maybe a stronger feeling of that than Sam and Max episodes, or seasons one and two. Yeah. Uh, the, The dogs from episode two of this impact the dogs in episode three of this like this the negative sentiment that you rightfully give twinkie wizard and and the ugly one uh in episode (laughs) two sort of impact the town's feelings toward weird dogs in episode three and that is i don't know if they ever explicitly say that but you can read into that if you want and that yeah because cool. this episode starts out with uh these dogs being loose it sounds like everyone does want to help these dogs but they also just don't want them running around yeah and when they say there's a stray dog infestation in the town really what that means is there's three dogs in wallace's house <laughs> uh and they all they all just want to mess with wallace's stuff they want to uh anything gold there's a dog that likes gold things and will steal it anything um any there's one dog that's just like way too timid and and scared and shy and gromit gives it a little stuffed bunny and that's a wonderful moment uh and there's another dog that is extremely good at digging and can smell (laughs) can be underground and smell a cookie from above ground and like we'll tunnel in on it and uh, These dogs have do special powers. These dogs, yeah, one of them is anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> That's and his And the other power. is kleptomancy. <laughs> Kleptomancy. Uh, yeah, and so once you figure out these dogs' problem uh, problems, they're fine. And that's that, that's what I really like about this episode. Like, at the, the first tutorial, like, intro chapter... It's just, hey, there's three dogs in my house. Gromit, can you help me out? I'm working on the ice cream machine. And Gromit's uh, approach to dealing with these dogs is so careful and loving. And, like, he gives his own toy to the scared dog. 
and you kind of get the sense of like, oh, I, I really don't want to give this away, but yeah, you need it more than me. Uh, yeah. Wallace even says that was uh, Gromit's toy from when he was a, a pup. Yeah, and then you're given this uh, this evil guy who should be doing what Gromit just did, but he's like, no, nah, I'm gonna... My method is way shittier. <laughs> so, he, like, even yeah. if he was... Uh, even if he was legit, he... Like, the things he's proposing are still harder to do and less beneficial for the dogs than what Gromit just did by showing kindness instead of, like, frustration. Uh, oh. And... In that way, Monty Muzzle really is Gromit's foil. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not put that much thought into it, but I'm glad you brought that conversation to the table. Yeah, no, that one's probably fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's probably not real. Um, Here, here's what I'll bring to the table okay. for this conversation. Uh, so in this beginning puzzle, you can kind of look around Wallace's house. A lot of the rooms are closed off, which yeah. is fine because you're not going to need them for anything in this episode anyway. But, uh, in the living room, you see the cow from Sam and Max. Yeah. It's acting as a cow in this, uh, because of the yeah. ice cream necessity of, of having dairy. It's really good at being a cow. It's Wallace really added. was hiding a cow. Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably. Um, I remember at the time of playing this, uh, I was I was sort of annoyed by that because I want to explore a house. If you give me a house in a point-and-click adventure game, I'm going to try to look at all the nooks and crannies. I want a big house to, to sink my teeth into. Um, but right, now, right. playing this, I go, oh, the uh, the living room is cows and I can't go in. Oh, and the dining room <laughs> is ice, and I can't go in. Oh, and the stairs have a bunch of sugar packages on them, and I, I can't go up the stairs. Nice. Because <laughs> I don't want to explore I don't want to waste time exploring all these different rooms. Yeah, I wanted to get to the meat at the center of this ice cream cone. Yeah, and we get a brand new location, which I uh, I really enjoyed. Yeah, the fairgrounds are fun. Uh, there's a lot of cool puzzles on the fairgrounds. One of them, one of my favorite ones, is that you have to guess the number of gumballs in this giant jar. And yeah, if you go back into town and you look into in the garbage, you find a bag of gumballs that is empty except for nine remaining in the bag, and it says gumballs three hundred count. So. You can just reverse engineer, okay, so this was the bag that he poured into the jar, there were 300, and now there's 9 left in the bag in the trash. So there are 291 gumballs in the jar. And you're right, it's, that's great. It's such a simple puzzle, but it's effective, it works. Yeah, it's so environmental, it's so undirected, but it's still, like, just very simple arithmetic. Uh, yeah. It's, it's great, I, I love that. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, I, I wonder uh, if there was special dialogue or something, if you guessed 300 based on the 300 count bag, but I didn't try that. I didn't either. Uh, another puzzle I really liked here is... Uh, so, for the, the pie-baking competition, uh, this guy hates all these pies. Yeah, Monty Muzzle is judging the pie-baking competition, and he's just like, oh, this... 
This town of yokels does not know how to bake a pie. <laughs> they wouldn't know a good pie if they ate one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you kind of figure out how to appeal more to his taste by looking at uh, the slides of his life conveniently to the right of him. Yeah, that's uh, so fun. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love all the artwork for it. It's great. Uh, e- even if, even though only one specific part of it has anything to do with the puzzles mm-hmm. like you you only need to know that he as a lad he loved fish and chips but you still get to see like all this extra stuff it's cool um it made me wonder when wallace and gromit is supposed to be yeah i was thinking that too because these feel like a long time ago yeah these like slideshows from his childhood they're in black and white and have film grain that would indicate like the 1920s or 10s or something. Uh, yeah, really but it stuff. is possible. It is possible he just did them that way for effect, too. Yeah, but I would also very easily believe Wallace and Gromit somehow take place in like the 50s uh, in England. Yeah. I could see that. Just pre Beatles. They haven't had anything interesting happen yet. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of if there's anything that would, uh, stomp that theory out. Nothing really comes, the closest thing that comes to mind are, like, the magazines at the, at the shop stand. Mm. Uh, but magazines even those, yeah, yeah, I, I just don't know if, like, the mag, like, we saw the fashion magazine. I, I don't know how magazines were back then. I think but the, that, I think it's the totally phone possible. in his kitchen has, uh... Uh, a tape recorder with a cassette tape and cassettes aren't that old so maybe that maybe that's the the ticket i guess it probably has to be modern ish or maybe 1990s because the original um shorts were from the 90s and obviously if they were modern they would be from the 1990s and these don't these episodes of the game don't look like they're from a different time period than the shorts so then yeah, maybe you know it's what? just still 90s. Now that I think about it, I think if you go upstairs into Wallace's room, he has a PS5, so. <laughs> yeah, if you if you squeeze past the sugar, uh, you see that Wallace <laughs> has actually been scalping PS5s. He's just got a giant tower of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make millions, Gromit. Yeah, but he only accepts cryptocurrency if you try to buy his <laughs> PS5s. Yeah, it turns out Wallace really sucks. Um, <laughs> what 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 are your, some of your uh, takes about uh, what the townspeople are all up to this episode? Uh, I like it. They're all just kind of enjoying the fair today. They're all. Uh, I I really like uh, helping uh, Duncan McBiscuit uh, figure out his little poem. Sort of backfired by the end of the episode, huh? Yeah, it didn't really work out for him, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I feel like he always... He brings it. <laughs> like, he always has funny dialogue. Yeah, uh, I, I think part of it is just his extremely outrageous accent, but yeah. he's also written quite well. Uh, this is the end of his, I guess, two-episode arc of trying to court Felicity Flit. Um, he tried. He really put some effort into it. He wrote her a poem... In this episode, and you have a, a like a puzzle of helping him find the last line of his poem, which was it, it was just like your eyes are 
good and your butt is good and your dress is good uh, and the the line that you have to come up with is your hair could be mistaken for pirate's gold and <laughs> to me that doesn't sound like super great like your hair is so metallic <laughs> and yeah <laughs> and hard <laughs> yeah if i heard that i'd be like hmm okay yeah and she's not like blonde <laughs> yeah i i guess she just wanted someone to notice her hair yeah so it didn't she he could have just stopped after he said your hair i could imagine that it, she's blonde with like gray interwoven in it but uh oh, i could see that yeah even, even then she kind of strikes me as more uh brunette a little like a little faded brunette yeah like a like a light brown i just it's just not blonde oh i i thought you for some reason i thought you said she's not blonde and then immediately followed up by saying she is blonde no i no she's not wait when did i say she's blonde no she's not blonde no she no that you said she wasn't but then just now when you were describing her hair i misheard you and thought you said she was blonde i wouldn't do that to you dustin i wouldn't gaslight you like that <laughs> I thought I was going crazy and I would have been very upset, but I'm glad that's not the case. Um but at the end of this episode, uh Wallace is fixing up the ice cream machine after it falls from the sky after rescuing that really sad scared dog Twitch from uh Monty Muzzle. And he's like holding up a nut that's just from the car <laughs> at some point. Like some somewhere <laughs> in the car just had one nut. And he's holding it up, and then Miss Flit misunderstands this very clearly hexagonal nut to be a wedding ring. Uh, <laughs> and doesn't say no. Yeah, she's like, oh, Wallace. That's my... More of that, that's more my... of that, one more. Oh, oh uh... <laughs> <laughs> well... All right. <laughs> man this podcast fucking rocks Uh, it's pretty good i feel like considering we've been out of commission for a few weeks this is pretty about as good as it's gonna get right (laughs) uh she she explicitly says that she needs the rest of the week to think about it Um, oh that's not a good answer i like how overjoyed she is at first she's like oh wallace and then she's like well hold on let me think about this for a week yeah i well, because you weren't dating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if someone I thought was just like pretty cool and and nice, and then all of a sudden she was like, "Hey, um, marry me," I'd be like, "I need at least one week to think about." I guess it. that's true. I guess that's understandable. This is very out of nowhere, but you've given me no reason to say no. So <laughs> give, me, give me a week. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's a very. Uh, I think that's a very funny. Uh, thing to say to someone who wasn't even proposing yeah (laughs) 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 if i was wallace and it because wallace seems scared and upset about this it like he doesn't want to be even dating this foot he's just not interested so maybe he should just leave for a week yeah and then come back and eat days and he could just say something. She's not even. She didn't even like say yes yet. Yes, he could but, just... but hasn't what you've been saying this whole podcast that we've covered on Wallace and Gromit 
hasn't whenever i bring up hey wallace could just say something and you're like no it's, <laughs> it's cute he's like a buffoon and like you need to he's, solve the problem he's quirky <laughs> he's quirky yeah and then now you're saying yeah wallace could just probably say something about this well i'm not saying he would <laughs> i'm saying he could though no this this cheese addled fool no way you expect him to to rise up to the occasion yeah right yeah right my dog this guy hasn't done anything in his life he has done nothing to prove to me that he is competent (laughs) so that's that's the stinger for next episode monty muzzle um he's mad at gromit because in the process of falling from the sky gromit uh spreads all his money around and, and uh, sort of ruins it. Now he's without his fortune. Oh, classic. Classic G-Man. And <laughs> so so there's that aspect. And Duncan McBiscuit's not going to be happy about this arrangement. Uh, oh, d- most definitely not. No, because... I, w- I wonder if he's going to serve a big role next episode. I don't even know what next episode's about. I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah, I really don't remember. It's, yeah, it's interesting that it's going to be the last episode. I kind of would have figured this one could have made a good last episode since it's uh, one with a villain mm-hmm. and a conflict. So I'm interested in seeing where it goes from there. Yeah. Um, again, I think it's a pretty... I think it could be fairly described as a pretty mid-Telltale Games episode from what we've played. Um, yeah. But on... Like, head over heels better than episodes one and two. That's not the way you use the phrase head over heels. But (laughs) it's better than episodes one and two. I'm head over heels for this episode. You see, I'm not. I described it as mid, but (laughs) it is better than the other episodes of this podcast by a margin. It's it's quite good. Mitchell Wolf, remember the pie-eating contest? Yeah, how you needed to make a potato pie... And then fry it to approximate a French fry, which I think would not work. Um, <laughs> and then take a goldfish that you won from a chicken by playing tic tac toe <laughs> and cheating, and then putting that goldfish, probably killing it, in the flavor engraver in the ice cream machine, and then getting fish flavored ice cream to put on the fried potato pie. And then this asshole Monty Muzzle really enjoys it. I do remember that. I love the fish ice cream. Fish ice cream. Could it be good? Could it possibly be good? I don't even like fish fish. Mm. So maybe not. Um, I really like that puzzle a lot. I thought... uh, like you said, it probably wouldn't have worked just frying a potato pie, but, uh, you know, I, the logic I could see, I was like, oh. Yeah, I, I did I did not need a walkthrough for it. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, uh, uh, one thing I really liked in this episode. Yeah. In the, in the big uh, climactic finale with the ice cream truck and the hot air balloon, the music was really good. The music's like, great cons- in a lot of places. The music's consistent. Yeah, the music's consistently really good, but that is, like, probably my favorite one we've heard so far. I wrote down that the song Inside the Muzzler is good when Gromit gets arrested and placed Ooh. inside the muzzler. That's a good song. Yeah. Um, 
So how do you feel, before we jump into our segments, how do you feel okay. about the fact that this the end of this episode is once again a uh, like a car chase where you're sort of like crawling around the top and sides of a car. Uh, Telltale loves this. Yeah, uh, they do this a lot, and I really felt that with this one, but I it, I feel like it still worked. I felt like this was a good example of it. I liked, uh, you know, mixing the gumball in with the ice cream and firing it at the... at the. And I liked that there was a follow-up, too. It wasn't just the chase with the car. It was also uh, after the hot air balloon and the, the car explode... Uh, you had that whole part with them, like, falling through the sky. I thought that part was fun. Yeah, so this happened, I think, multiple times in Back to the Future. Um, it happened multiple times in this Wallace and Gromit. Um, did it happen... We talked about this before when we experienced it for the first time in Wallace and Gromit, but I don't remember our findings... Did it happen in this way in Sam and Max? There are a lot of car chases in Sam and Max, but, like, you don't do the same, like, the car's automatically driving and you're kind of, like, crawling around it. Yeah, I can't think of any particular time it's, like, exactly like this. I bet it happened, though. I bet it happened at least once. I mean, the closest I can think of is when you're chasing Abe Lincoln, but even then, you're not really doing this uh, same sort of thing. Yeah. You just have to throw the, like... Uh, tracking beacon onto him oh yeah that was really easy wasn't it yeah yeah (laughs) um there was the great cow race that had elements of it a little bit in bone oh yeah it's been so long that feels like a lifetime ago it was over a year ago i think wow or around a year ago maybe maybe exactly a year ago still haven't gotten around to actually reading it yeah, and uh, Telltale still hasn't made episode three, so don't worry. Uh, it seems like you've got some time. Hopefully I can beat him to the punch. Yeah, Netflix went ahead and, uh, as a courtesy to you not reading it, canceled the animated show. Thank you. Yeah, that was that's what you wanted. Yeah, I, was, I didn't want anything good. Uh, I wrote down in my notes here, The poor dogs were trapped inside the machine? <laughs> All right, let's head into our segments. <laughs> let's get these segments out of here. Uh, golden moment. Uh, I like the reveal of what's inside the muzzler with the dogs and hard labor in prison. Uh, nice, nice. We didn't really talk about that in the episode that much, but uh, yeah, I felt like that really helped lend uh, to the stakes to the episode. I mean, I guess it would, considering that's when you find out that... Uh, Shit is not right. Mm-hmm. I think the art I... style really shines in this area too, because I really like the way the balloon looks from the inside. Uh, it yeah, just, it looks cool. It's got that sort of like cloth on clay look, which is what they probably would do for uh, if they were filming this in stop motion. Yeah, I have it written down in my notes exactly that. Uh, about really liking how the inside of the balloon looks yeah um who wow we aren't we a pair just liking the inside of how a balloon looks in a video game and (laughs) writing it down to talk about it hey that's why we're doing this podcast together Uh, i also wrote down that 
Miss Flit is a real flip. I don't remember what that is in response to, and I only played it this morning, so. Uh, was it because uh, first she's in love with uh, Monty, and then she likes uh, Duncan, nope. and then doesn't like Duncan? No, because this is, I, re- I wrote this down earlier than uh, like halfway through the game. Oh, okay. Interesting. Then I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I, maybe I just got a bad vibe. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that the, she just has a bad energy about her, man. Just a bad vibe. My golden moment is uh, Gromit's escapades inside the muzzler. <laughs> escapades. That's a good way to put it. Um, I really liked the pie puzzle. I'm going with the pie puzzle. The I already puzzle. said my okay. feelings about the pie puzzle, but uh, I don't know. It just felt like a nice uh, multi-step uh, puzzle. It felt like uh, the logic to it all made uh, made sense in a creative way. Uh, you know, once I figured it out, I was like, "Oh, that was my re- that was my puzzle reaction." Multiple ohs. Uh, potent pickup, Dustin. This is a hard one for potent pickups. I And I said that the last episode, too. Nothing really stood out to me, but I'm going to say the fortunes. Yeah, I also said the fortunes. And I, I'm surprised we're aligned on this because I barely feel this way. Um, yeah, same. Well, like I said, just none of the pickups really. Yeah. It's it's not like the pickups are bad. It's just, you know, the there's pickups that serve their purpose for the puzzle. And then that's it, really. I almost said the, the stuffed rabbit. Um, oh, that would have been a good one. Okay, I said it. It's the stuffed rabbit. Awesome. Good good job. Good pick. <laughs> that was close. Um Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah just the the emotion behind giving uh giving Twitch this stuffed rabbit and seeing him sort of only calm down a little bit, but calm down a little bit and snuggle with a rabbit. That's pretty good stuff. Telltale. Telltale. Yeah, that that's why you're scene. the best in the biz. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if you did more of that, you'd still be around. Oh. <laughs> um, hey, do you think anyone's going to buy new Telltale? Everyone's buying studios. Oh, maybe. Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah. That's, that seems like a weird one to me. Like, Wouldn't I could totally you? see yes, it. Yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, they could, and they have some, they have some IP. Yeah, they do. That, I, I wonder if that would if they would own those as well i i'm so confused on how some of that stuff works because i would assume disney would own tales of monkey island well they own the franchise and when telltale originally uh fell i believe that disney reabsorbed the rights to that game but I think it's very similar to the way that Nintendo does not own Bayonetta at all, um, but has exclusivity rights on Bayonetta 2 and probably 3 in the future as well, as uh-huh. if they I, are I, Nintendo I, games. I guess it makes sense because Devolver Digital is publishing the new one, so Telltale uh, republishing the old one makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. 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 Hey, look, we worked it out. So you think Disney's going to buy him? Is that what you said? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought it I just thought it was uh, interesting how uh these situations work out. I cuz like I don't know if then it would be like like let's say Microsoft steps in and buys Telltale. Would, th- the, would the obvious that choice, mean, yeah. 
would that mean they would own Tales of Monkey Island, or would Disney still have to like? Well, they would have own the say. game Tales of Monkey Island, but Disney would still have some sort of protection on the IP, uh, which is okay, what currently okay. they they did. I think, um, I think New Telltale had to make a deal with Disney in order to promote and sell Tales of Monkey Island. All right, all right. They are currently I, selling I, it. Yeah. Uh, I think, I don't know if they still are, but I think recently, uh, it was on sale on, uh, GOG for, uh, $3. Whoa! The whole thing? Yeah. All five? Uh, the whole thing. Wow. What a, what a day I'm finding things out <laughs> during. Uh, Weekly Guy, definitely Monty Muzzle. Definitely. I, like, how, how, how could it be, it be anyone else? Uh, when Monty Muzzle was talking about ice cream... When Wallace said, hey, by the way, I have this ice cream machine. I could bring it to your fair. And Monty Muscles, like, his gross Tim Curry-esque, like, mm, ice cream, you say. <laughs> ice and cream. Is that that frozen cow part? Mmm. <laughs> frozen cow part. Uh, yeah, like, he he's gross and weird and great, and his accent is strange even among great design. all these other sort of fun accents. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's wonderful. Monty Muzz is a great villain. Yeah, I will say that uh, Duncan McBiscuit also does a good job this episode. Duncan McBiscuit does a good job. I think it's a strong Gromit episode in general. Yeah, um, yeah. Because we, yeah, we were talking about how Gromit is not a strong player character in a point-and-click adventure game because you want to be commenting on all the things you're seeing. You can't have a look button with a character that doesn't talk. Um, yeah, but I feel like that never really comes up in this episode. There weren't a whole lot of times where, like, yeah, I was clicking on things with Gromit and he just, like, shakes his head no. Yeah, it's kind of a band-aid on the situation because you want... You want that to be built in so it's never going to be a problem, but all the townspeople are talking to Gromit uh, constantly whenever Gromit does anything, yeah. and you're you're funneled out of the house really quickly, so most of the interactions that you have are out in the town where there's going to be another person who can talk during that interaction. Yeah, I definitely agree it is kind of a band-aid, but I think if you have to have a character who just doesn't talk mm -hmm. and you have to play as him, that is a great way to work around it. Yeah, I bet it was a real design challenge for Sean yeah. Vanneman and the rest uh, when they were making these episodes. And it worked better sometimes than others. And I think this is one of the better times. Yeah, well, even last episode, I thought they did a pretty good job of working around it. But especially in this episode, when he kind of takes center stage, uh, uh, great job working with him. Yeah, I guess you can either have the house be fully explorable and have all the townspeople in the house or... Uh, the townspeople are where they normally are, but you are funneled out of the house really quickly. I'm kind of wondering if uh, this season only got four episodes because they kind of hit their limit at all they can do with this genre and these characters. Yeah. Like, uh, that's putting words in their mouths, obviously. I don't know if that's the reason why there's only four episodes, but that kind of... At this point, it kind of feels like it because they're finding some good uh, solutions for it in these episodes. But I wonder if you can only keep that up for so long. Yeah, I, I kind of bet that, uh, you know, when you're making a video game, so much content that um, 
isn't isn't necessarily planned to definitely be in the game, but is planned content ends up on the cutting room floor. It's just a, a natural part of the process, and it's expected. And if you yeah. don't do it, you probably made a weird, weighty, bad game because yeah, uh, you are not only keeping the good stuff. So yeah, exactly. It, it's possible that they intended to make five like everything else with this season, and then just didn't. I don't know. Um, what I mean, who's who's to say? It could be that they had exactly ideas for four things, or that there were going to be more and they cut it down, or that um, they ran into the the problem of like, hey, we just can't get Gromit to be very interesting because he's not talking. Uh, I don't know. Gromit wanted more money. Yeah, Wallace kept being just a, a weird asshole about the whole thing. He kept kicking like everyone in the Telltale offices. Wallace kept kicking, and that was the biggest problem that I personally had with <laughs> his uh, personality and attitude during the filming process. But let me tell you, there were other problems. <laughs> Just because that was near the top of the list doesn't mean that's the whole list. Yeah, I mean, it's the worst one, and it's pretty bad, so it doesn't necessarily say anything about the other things. But trust me. There were other things. He's just kicking people. He, he would make you like smell his fingers and then he would have this weird devious grin. Yeah, and he'd always say cheese, but like was that really the smell of cheese? I did, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I try not to think about it. He kicked me also. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a weird bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. So let's end the episode. <laughs> Okay, that sounds good. Dustin, where can people find you? We we don't tend to do that every episode anymore, but it's been a little bit, so let's talk about it. Yeah, uh, people can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at amazing DJ Dustin. I just post my little uh, little musings, my little uh, drawings and thoughts on there. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell Wolf, where can they find you? <laughs> you do post your little musings and thoughts and drawings. I I, I they like are that pretty small description. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at the Wolf FM. I haven't been super active these days because the world is imploding, uh, and I just you know I'm clearly not the person to talk about it. So yeah, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not great. We are not the people to talk about it, but we hope that everyone who needs reproductive health care has it and can get it and that i mean we're saying it as in we hope but we know it won't be true uh yeah we we're powerless we're a podcast about point and click adventure games uh but but trust us that uh anyone who thought what happened in that world over the last couple days is not a real fan of the show and yeah uh, we we ask you to stop listening because we don't have anything to say to you. Yes, please. So, what's next? <laughs> episode four? <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll do Wallace and Gromit episode four. Yeah, we'll probably do that. Um, <laughs> we'll see. All right. <laughs> what a cool podcast we have. Just good show. Good show. Yeah, get out of here, everybody. All right. And until next time, we'll see you. Bye. <laughs>